Welcome, everybody. I'm going to put my radio host voice on. Uh, <laughs> welcome, everybody, to the No Bitch Moves podcast. I am joined today by Martha Bueno. You, you, you guys probably... Did I pronounce your surname correctly? Probably not, right? You did. You did. It's perfect. Nice. Okay, sweet. Um, yeah, so today we're joined by Martha. Uh, Martha is many things. Uh, one of them currently is the vice chair of the Miami-Dade Libertarian Party. Um, and in uh, the year of our Lord, 2022, she is running for the, uh, what was it? Miami-Dade District 10 Commissioner. Commissioner, yes. Yeah. What, what's, yeah. What, okay, I'm going to ask what? you later. I have a first okay. question. I, I, was t I was telling you this, that it was very weird how many questions I prepared for you. But I have a first one <laughs> that I want to start with. Uh, so um, go for it. I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna go for it. So the <laughs> reason why I wanted to talk to you was because um, I found you completely by accident. Uh, I think I was just I was literally just writing libertarian stuff in YouTube, and I'm I'm not like big into uh, politics in general or libertarianism or whatever all the other ones are, right? Right. But. I thought that's one of those things that I don't know very much about and I would like to know more. And you were one of the first people that were kind of, there was like an interview with some guy named Pat. I, I don't know. I don't follow this stuff, but I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Pat Ford. Yes. Pat Ford. <laughs> he there hosts a libertarian channel, um, podcast show every Friday night. Yeah. No disrespect to Pat. Shouts to Pat. Pat's the man, apparently. Guy, probably, uh, but uh, the, uh, the 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 reason the reason why I wanted to why I wanted to talk to you was um, it was very unusual to see a person who's involved in politics who also doesn't how should I put this nicely like doesn't make my bullshit detector kind of go crazy. Uh, watching wow, that's a huge compliment. Thank you. <laughs> It's for a politician. Yeah. I mean, that's I, great. <laughs> we were we were just talking that that's such a rare thing, uh, and the the question that I wanted to ask about that sort of being uh, coming coming from an honest place. I mean, obviously, I, I can never know if, if 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 you're actually honest, and you can never know if, if I'm honest and all 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 these things. But at the same time, I I don't know. I I just I just listen to you speak, and I don't smell any bullshit. Right. That, that's not to say that I necessarily agree with everything, but like I'd rather have an honest person I disagree with than just to have someone lie to me and tell me all these things that I want to hear. Uh, so the question that I wanted and I'm I reading agree. this off, uh, reading this off the screen because I'm such a professional. Um, I just wanted to ask <laughs> you, because you seem like really honest and genuine, are you worried about going into into politics? Because politics kind of, you know, has this sort of bad rap for turning good people bad? So um, I think what your question is basically, am I worried about turning into that politician? Um, my fear coming into all of this is really um, more like the cancel culture or the culture of people who don't agree with you that now it's like a, a normal thing to shut people down or stalk them personally or come to their house or you know threaten them or threaten their kids. That type of thing is what worries me. Um, you know, turning into somebody I'm not, I've been on this earth 40 plus years and, and this is who I am. And, you know, sometimes my, my views on things might be radical or I might be, you know, I definitely have strong opinions on things and that that's not usually seen in politics, but I'm not worried about, 
you know, all of a sudden turning corrupt or all of a sudden, you know, not caring about the things that I care about. I know who I am. I know what, you know, what's important to me. And that's the reason why I am running, because I don't think that I am corruptible. I don't think, you know, that I just can't imagine a scenario where somebody gives me like a bag of money and is like, now have these opinions. And I'll be like, yes, <laughs> you know, I don't know what, what it takes, but I, I just don't think that's, that I have that ability. That's yeah. I, I, I gotta say, anything's I, possible. I if, if I, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I've just been kind of trying to put myself in, not necessarily in your, in your shoes, but it, like this idea of uh, the good guy, girl who wants to go and help people, you know, uh, going into politics and then then getting their either getting their own morals twisted or getting you know getting pressured into into doing someone else's bidding for them at the cost right. of the people they're trying to help and protect. I feel like because th this thing has just been b burning a hole in my head because first of all, I'm, I'm very careful about uh, I try to be careful about helping people because I think helping people is a very big responsibility. You shouldn't take it probably lightheartedly. But then, then the big thing that I've been thinking about is exactly that. Like what happens when, okay, let, let's assume that I decide to go into politics, right? It's not just that, uh, it's, it's not ju just that I am incorruptible or that my views are, you know, not subject to change or, you know, uh, influenced by money, for example. But it, it is that other thing that there's, the things that are on the table when you're in the sort of political landscape, if someone wants you to make a decision for them, if they want to sway, you know, your 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 opinion on something and your vote on something, isn't the bigger risk not that whether or not you will have the willpower to resist, but more that they can just give you an offer you can't refuse. Like they could they could threaten something that's very, very important to you. You know what I mean? And I think if that comes to that point where something that it really matters to me is threatened. Um, I mean, and the only thing I can think of is like family or, you know, something along those lines, I would just resign. I mean, to make that decision to hurt somebody else so that they don't hurt me. I mean, I don't want, I, I feel like I'm the reluctant politician. Like I've never set out to be a politician. And actually that word just freaks me out. I hate the word politician because it has a terrible connotation. So, um, you know, I, I joined the Libertarian Party kind of reluctantly. I, I, I've always been, you know, my adult life, I've always been a Libertarian, but I wasn't involved in being a Libertarian. I was a mom and a business owner and I was doing my own thing. And then, um, you know, when I when I got involved, it was like, hey, come join us, you know, just come be a delegate, just come show up to our meetings, just support us. And then it quickly turned into, we need a vice chair. Would you like to run? And then, um, you know, in my role as vice chair, we had like a, a project where we were um, encouraging people to run for the lowest levels of government here locally in Florida. We called it First Step. And so how can I, as a, quote, leader, you know, lead people and tell them, hey, you go do this thing if I wasn't willing to do it myself. So I ran for a seat, the community council seat that I'm currently elected to and won because nobody else ran against me. And then, you know, it Was kind of evolved. And 
Um, no, not at all. Nobody had actually ever run for my seat. I was always appointed. I was the first person since this board was created to actually run for it. No, 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 not at oh, all. I oh, actually okay. didn't have to. I misunderstood. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Definitely not a brag moment. Definitely just a, hey, I got the seat because I tried, which hopefully more people do the same thing. Um, just try. All you have to do is show up sometimes and you get the job. So I did. I showed up. I got the job. And um, I realized that you know, these small positions are good and they're needed, but I could offer so much more by jumping up to the next level. The next level is commissioner, which there's 13 commissioners for the county of Miami-Dade. And then we have the city of Miami-Dade. I would be going for the county of Miami-Dade. And um, we're a huge county. We're number seven in the United States. And our annual budget is over $9 billion dollars. And that is the role that I would be taking on is one of 13 people deciding where those $9 billion are going to be spent for Miami-Dade County. And, you know, I, I feel compelled to do it because when I look at the people that are on that board and a lot of them are, you know, great people. And um, I'm, I'm sure that they're, they're wonderful in, in many ways, but I don't think they're thinking outside the box. You know, they're always thinking about how they're going to spend more money. You know, we're going to bring in more dollars and spend more money and do these things. And I want somebody on there that's going to be the opposite and be like, okay, we don't need to spend on that. Let's give it back to the people, you know, because my own property taxes, and I don't know how it is in Latvia, but here you buy a property and for the rest of the time that you own it every year, you will spend a large sum of money just to be able to have it. And if you don't pay it, the government can take your property away in a foreclosure. So it's it's one of those things where I've had personal experiences. I lived with my grandfather who was very elderly, who owned his home and outright, who had paid it off years before. And he would have lost it if I wouldn't have moved in with him because he didn't have the funds to pay that. Yeah, and so instead that. of thinking about those people, yeah, instead of thinking about you know the people, especially now in COVID where people are out of work and they've been taking care of their kids and you know like they keep taking more money, they raised our taxes. And I just, I can't sit back and just be like, oh, this is great. You know, when people are facing losing their home, losing the one thing they've been working for their whole life. And so, um, you know, that's, that's the thing that, that really drives me to do this is how can I help other people? And um, can I get corrupted? I hope not. I hope that, that, you know, I'm not put in a position where somebody is actually threatening me or, you know, and, I, and the crazy thing is I've, I've gotten a lot of messages saying, Hey, be careful, you know, be careful. And I'm like, why <laughs> this is, this is, it's, it's, I don't even know what to make of it. What do I need to be careful with? Why does somebody running for office that's different need to be careful? Um, I'm not part of the party machine. I'm, I'm just an average person who wants to do well. Why am I scared all of a sudden, you know, or why are they trying to intimidate me? So yeah, we'll see what happens. I'll keep you posted. I've got 18 months before the election, so we'll see. Yeah, you need to let me know if you get any competition for that seat. I need to know who to shit talk on Twitter for you for. Um, <laughs> oh, no, I won't be shit talking anybody. Come uh, on. That's not that's, nice. That's why you need to. We can, we can talk about the position. I'm out here. Listen, I'm in Eastern <laughs> Europe. What are they fucking going to do to me? Uh, I want to talk about their positions. I don't want to talk about them as human beings. Yeah. Let's change the way politics is done. Does that mean that I still can't talk about like politicians going on coke binges somewhere in Mexico or something? Because that's fun. 
you know, I'm a libertarian. We firmly believe that what you do in your personal life is your personal life. And as long as you can, um, you know, manage that coke habit on the side Mm. and it's not affecting your life, you know. (laughs) That is very libertarian. I would tend to agree, actually. It's just that usually, I mean, usually the. Why are we going to be hypocrites about it? That's true. Well, that's the thing. Plenty of people. It's I, only the hypocrites that are getting called out for stuff like that. It's it's the people who are right. like the good Christians that then get found out with fucking fifteen female prostitutes in a in a hotel room somewhere in Alaska. I'm a libertarian, you know. I don't do coke, but um, if somebody's doing it, hey, more power to you. I guess. I mean, I'm not saying that. Okay, and here's where being the politician comes in. I'm not saying to do drugs. Drugs are bad. Please don't do coke and don't do coke on the side, especially if you're a politician. However, right. However, if you're going to do coke, you know, um, just make sure you're not doing it on the job. Yeah. Yeah. Fair fair enough. No, I'm I'm of exactly the same opinion. I think I think all this stuff, I I don't know what the official what the official libertarian stance is on 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 drugs and all that. I just think it's I I take my policies from stand up comedians and Doug Doug Stanhope said. I don't know how many years ago, like abortion and drugs and suicide. This is all a private property issue. This this is, is me. You, you're mm-hmm. going to tell me what I can and cannot pull out of my body, put into my body. When can I end this if I choose to? Exactly. Fuck yourself. This is my house. You try to come in here, I shoot you. Come on. Like, what the fuck exactly. are we talking about? Are we fucking kids here? What What is this? I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, and just the concept that a government just for the nature of you having been born wherever you've been born can dictate oh you're sparking it up i am so jelly right now <laughs> oh no this is just a cigarette um, don't get me don't oh, get is me it? put in oh. prison no 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 the, the laws oh is it illegal in latvia yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 if i if i smoke a joint and during the next month after smoking that joint if, a joint if i get stopped by the cops and it shows even a slight trace of it in 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 my bloodstream uh, they are fully within their rights to uh, give me a fine, take away my license for a year, year and a half, and put me in jail. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, going back you to what we were talking about, I, that is insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is that is the craziest thing I've heard to you know for a while. That that is yeah. So yeah, the 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 idea that a government just because you were born on that patch of land can do this to you, you know, that to me is just why and you know cannabis marijuana weed whatever we want to call it is has been proven to be good and i believe that fundamentally while you you know i heard it from dan berman and i thought it was one of the most brilliant things i'd heard um while healthcare, people are saying healthcare is a right and people assume that means that you're you have a right to a doctor to provide a service for you you don't have the right to enslave somebody however my health care is my right my ability to make decisions for my body to be the best, you know, that I can be, that is my human right. If there is a product, if there is a thing, if there is a plant such as cannabis that can help me, who is this government to put me in prison and take away my rights and my freedoms because they decided that it's bad when this is something that is so fundamentally important, you know, it saves people's lives. Cannabis has been saving people's lives. And exactly, even if it didn't, you know, even if we're talking about cocaine, the fact that I can't choose, you know, I can choose and have 20 coffees a day or 20 Coca-Colas a day or, you know, eat hamburgers all day and gain weight. Like sugar is a drug. 
food is a drug to some degree, right? You know, there's some people that can't quit it. Um, we have a show here on TV called My 600 Pound Life. Mm -hmm. You know, food can really affect your life to a point where you're, you know, you're, you're in not good conditions. And, and yet they're making something like cannabis a big deal. And, and even more than that, you know, the drug war has caused so much devastation, especially in Latin America, in the Middle East. I mean, we've, we've, we've decimated countries because we're like, you shouldn't do this one thing. And for you know, a society enough, yeah. who has a history of who, who should know how prohibition works out in practice, right. we should really right. fucking know better. We should. I mean, the United States, it's like we in the 1920s had prohibition and it was a disaster. And you had the rise of people like Al Capone and, you know, these these drug cartels and and, you know, liquor cartels at the time. And people were dying from bootleg liquor and, you know, everything bad. And now it's legal. And yeah, some people get drunk and it, there's some bad effects for that. But the effects for that is so much less than the effects we had in prohibition. And yet you can tell this to people and you're like, listen, cannabis has never killed a person in the entire history of the world. And we have over 8,000 years of recorded history with cannabis. Nobody's ever died, not a single human being. Is, and yet, can, can, I, here we are. Can, can I can I try to punch holes in that? Because uh, of course, this, this is this is something that, I, that I've I've heard I've heard a lot. And I mean, I, I tend I tend to agree because I uh, if I may say so myself, I quite, have quite a lot of experience with marijuana. Uh, but uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Not in Latvia. Never. No, 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 no. no. no, no. I That's go, when you I, came to horrible, you, you know, <laughs> United States, and you were corrupted here. <laughs> yeah, I, I go over to my neighbors in in, in, in Russia. We spark up with Navalny. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but the uh, the like, I keep I keep hearing this all the time that you know the marijuana has never killed anyone, and I I find that to be, uh, I, I get the point and I agree with the point, but how is that fucking possible? Surely, there's someone... no way. No. Not from the cannabis itself. So you can, for example, uh, consume marijuana and then have an accident. You had it in your system. And therefore, it could be attributed to, um, you know, if you like anything, if you're on any substance, if you drink alcohol and drive a car, chances are, you know, your chances of getting into an accident are highly, you know, are, are, are made greater. So it's like anything. But the actual plant itself, you cannot find me a single human being who smoked cannabis and died of cannabis. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's not a thing. It does not happen. Right. So, and I mean, you've heard stories of people that took way too much and they might've had like a bad time or, you know, they just passed out or mm -hmm. whatever, but nobody's ever died. You're not yeah. going to die from it. I think they did a CSI episode on uh, where there was uh, a guy had 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 done and in typical uh, in typical uh, cable TV show fashion, uh, this 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 young kid that he was at a frat party and he did too many bong hits and then then they 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 did that thing where they they make the sort of transparent human body thing and they, you can see like the long rupture or something, but then again like that's that's not really from weed either. It's just maybe maybe that's just what happens if you inhale too much smoke without, you know. Maybe and you know um, we during our prohibition uh, here in the United States for cannabis and it's still going on. We only have about thirty states that it's legal in some form or another. Um, people tend to go to a 
um, something else. So you can buy synthetic marijuana um, and that has caused problems. That has landed people in the hospital. The vape pens have landed people in the hospital, but the actual plant itself, uh, the flower of it has never done. And you can have the entire plant. You can consume everything from the leaves down to the roots of this plant. So, you know, no part of the plant has killed anybody. It's the fact that it's illegal is just, it, it's, it's, it's crazy to me. I mean, what is the rationale behind it? You know, and in the United States, I know that it was, it was done. If you go back in history and you look at what Hen, um, Anslinger, who is uh, the person who was in charge of making it illegal, what he said, he completely talked about how people of color and Mexican Americans, you know, or Mexicans would come into the United States and that was their drug of choice. And it was, a, it was completely about, um, racism and 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 xenophobia and all these things. So, well, eighty years later, we're still doing it. We're still we're still mm-hmm. prohibiting something that we know started as um, an issue against people of color, and and well, it, it just drives me crazy. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure about all the names. Anslinger rings a bell. I think there was another name involved where it wasn't actually about racism and xenophobia. Racism and xenophobia was used to outlaw marijuana the actual reason if i remember correctly and this is from my just bro bro research and on joe rogan's podcast is that they were there there was a uh, there was some dude in uh, in in america who um who had this whole huge infrastructure around cotton and uh, hemp was coming in as a as a much better solution to what cotton was offering uh, it had nothing to do with that the, with the well. s- sort of uh, psychoactive properties of, of the of the flower. It had to do with the fiber that you could get from the plant. Uh, and yeah, they, they, and they, they were making all these propaganda things, how um, uh, Mexicans and black people are getting high on uh, on the laser lettuce and raping white women. Uh, fucking right. ridiculous. Oh, and actually, right. yeah, another thing, because... And it was making white women have sex with black people. That was like the big thing. He has a whole quote on that. Like, your, your you know, white, wonderful, lovely wife is going to get high on marijuana and then just, you know, turn into a raging slut. Yep. <laughs> and and specifically with, with people of color. And it's yeah. like, yes, um, so hemp, hemp was... Uh, outlawed in in addition to the, you know the racism because it is such a good product and it it does compete with the paper industry and however the United States has a long history with hemp George Washington grew hemp on his farm and um, in the very early stages of the United States you know um, hemp was actually one of the crops that you were supposed to grow I think there was a rule at one point in the state that you had to grow about 10, 10 acres. Um, so, you know, hemp has been has a long history in the United States. They outlawed it because, uh, you know, they were getting funding from the paper mills and from, you know, uh, the cotton industry. So there was a there was a lot to it. I'm not meaning to say it was just about racism and xenophobia, but yeah. they did get a lot of money. And then they turned this propaganda machine on. You know, they use the racism. They use the inherent racism to promote it, to promulgate it. And now, you know, when you look at the statistics, it's minorities by and large that have been incarcerated that have been incarcerated sorry that have been you know devastated by this war on drugs particularly with cannabis but isn't and i mean even look at like joe biden i mean his son has been caught doing heroin and he's never gone to jail so i mean there's there's such a huge in your face reality 
of what's going on with the war on drugs. So if you're, you know, if you're a white guy whose dad happens to have been in the United States Congress, Senate, uh, and now president and vice president for almost 50 years, nothing happens to you. But if you happen to be anybody else, you're going to go to jail, you're not going to be able to get a job, you're not going to be able to, you know, live a normal life anymore, because now you have the stigma. So um, it's one of those issues that I feel very passionate about. And I think that the laws in this country have to apply equally to everyone. And the best way to do that is to just remove these, this stupid war on drugs. Yeah. And there's no other way to describe it than just stupid. And, you know, as a Cuban who lived in Venezuela, the drug war is what fuels those regimes. They, that's where they get their money from. So on top of everything else that's happening in the United States, we are getting mass immigration because we've devastated their countries with this, you know, Colombia, Peru, Venezuela, uh, like just every Latin American country has some sort of drug that they export to the United States. They don't actually consume it there. Yeah. They export it to the U.S. because we're the consumers. Yeah. So um, there's a market for it. And the fastest way to eliminate the market is just to open it up here in the United States so that you know, why not have cocaine made by the big pharmaceutical companies? Who's going to buy street cocaine when you can buy pu the purest cocaine from Merck or Pfizer or any of the other, you know, it's just, it's, it, I can't understand how people don't see this, how people yeah. don't realize what's happening in front of their face. That's the hypocrisy I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I hate that, to go on a rant for no, you no, there. <laughs> no, 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 by by all means, this is yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not going on rants is a bitch move, and this is the No Bitch Moves podcast. So let's do it. Um, <laughs> what what I, I, this is kind of off topic, but a little bit on topic. Um, you're fluent in Spanish, correct? That's correct. Is is marijuana a uh, a slang term for like shitty tobacco in Spanish? Not that I'm aware of. Marijuana I've, I've is the read name it somewhere for that, that the only reason it's we, possible. Yeah, I, I, I read it somewhere that the only reason we even call it marijuana, first of all, because of those people who were super interested in that, that were producing all that propaganda uh, and that uh, that marijuana was never even like b before it became an issue in America, it was never even referred to as, ma as marijuana because that was just um, it was just a Spanish uh, slang term for like roadside. It was a Mexican thing. Mexican, it's a, yeah, it's the sorry. word that Mexicans use to to describe it. But, you know, the mm. thing about Spanish that I think a lot of people don't understand is there's over 20 countries in the world that speak Spanish. And so we're united in our language. But, um, you know, just like English, you know, you maybe something that I, I say in America isn't popular elsewhere or something that, you know, mm. a word that you guys might use, you know, in Latvia that in English that we just don't use. So. I'm not sure. I'm Cuban. I'm not Mexican. But um, as far as I know, marijuana was like the just the word that they use for it. They also use molta. I mean, they have a whole bunch of words for mm -hmm. this wonderful plant. But that was the one that I guess stuck out as like, yeah, this yeah. one sounds really yeah. bad. <laughs> Let's use this one. <laughs> Lo and behold, now we use all use it. And, uh, hey, fair enough. I try not to use marijuana just because it is a bad, you know, a bad word. I use cannabis, which is the actual mm -hmm. name of the plant. Okay, okay. I, I just call it laser lettuce. That's it's, it's just that's that's laser that's, lettuce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the devil's lettuce <laughs> or the devil's laser, lettuce. Laser, laser lettuce yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, the thing the thing that you were saying about um, how like the the weapon the the thing that the government really really likes to weaponize when they're trying to produce propaganda and especially when they're trying to divert the attention of the populace. 
it's it seems like they only have one trick. Well, two. It's a threat from the outside, right? So like we're going to war, you know. Uh, we're we're getting the Japanese, we're getting the Nazis, whatever. And then the other <laughs> thing is like when there's not like a specific, when there's not a specific enemy that you can point out that might actually be an actual enemy, you you take the most you take like the least significant but most obvious differences between like within the population like skin color and um, nationality all those things and and you like weaponize these groups against each other and it's it's mm -hmm. always it's always struck me as very pe peculiar that there's i don't know if the issue is that so few people see through it or just that the people who don't see through it are usually the most vocal because those are usually the people who don't stop to think for long enough to see through the bullshit. So they just start I yelling about both. it. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what we're... And it's exactly what you see is happening right now. I mean, we just constantly, you know, we're being told that this group doesn't like us or that group and we have to go against each other. When in reality, it's the government versus the people. It's not, you know... Um, I hear this a lot as a, as a Hispanic woman in the United States. It's like, oh, if, you know, when the African-American community doesn't like the Hispanic community because you compete for the same jobs or, you know, whatever the case is. And it's like, we don't, we, we really don't. Um, I, you know, the Hispanics that come to this country to work in the fields, they're not gonna, you know, that's not a job that anybody really wants. You, nobody wants those jobs. No American wants those jobs. We're not competing for those jobs. And if, if you feel threatened by somebody coming over the border to take those jobs, I mean, maybe you should improve your, your own skills. Together. If somebody who doesn't even speak your, huh? Get your Sorry? shit together. Yeah. I mean, if somebody who doesn't even speak the language can come and take your job, um, that says more about you than, than really about that other person. So instead of fighting each other, we could come together and build each other up and improve each other's situation you know, which is, again, what I'm trying to do. I want to improve the situation for the people in my area of the world. Um, and I think that the only way to do that is to give them the power back, take it away from the politicians and give it back and stop with this inner fighting that we have going on amongst groups. And, you know, America is, is, a, is an experiment that that hasn't been seen elsewhere, right? You have a group of people that have come from all over the world. This country was founded on... Um, immigration. So, you know, I think that's the difference. If you look at a place like Japan, it's homogenous. Everybody is, this, you know, descending from the same lineage and, you know, they look alike and they sound alike. In America, you don't have that. I mean, we are every color under the sun from every country. We speak, you know, every language in the world is spoken here. So we are different and it's an experiment and it's, it, it hasn't been done before. We yeah. are, you know, not in this level, not in this. So give us some time to figure it out. And I think um, we need to be promoting that message that it's really not about, you know, whites versus black versus Hispanic. It's us versus the government. The government is the one entity that is against all of us. Let's stop fighting. Let's start, you know, working towards taking back that power from government. I think it's it's a big goal. And I don't yeah. think that, um, you know, there's not enough people with a voice out there pushing that. So going back to your point, I think the vocal ones aren't pushing that message. They're pushing the um, hate Donald Trump, hate Joe Biden, hate this guy, hate that guy. 
um, we should all <laughs> we should all be hating them. Their government. They want to take away our rights. They want to take away our freedoms. They want more of our money. Um, already, we feel like cattle. Uh, I don't know what your taxes are like, but you know our highest level gets close to fifty percent, and um, and they want more. Yeah, <laughs> they want more. Well, yeah, there's it's... all the people you mentioned, nothing wrong with hating them, completely agree. But at the same time, yes, they're, they're, uh, they are, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to speak in absolutes, right? Like, I, I don't, I don't right. want to speak in absolutes that, like, the government is horrible and all, all they're trying to do is take away our freedoms, although mostly I agree. But I, th I, th I feel like that's the same thing. Uh, this it's, it's it's kind of similar in my head to um, using racism and xenophobia to fight this sort of hemp thing. Uh, it's like yes, the politicians are coming after our freedoms and all that, but the reasons they're doing it is not to take our freedoms away. It's to well, there's a couple of reasons. The biggest one probably is to justify all the contributions for the from the corporations that got them into office in the first place, right? Like that's 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 the thing that they're like, you know, Obama, who was everyone's fucking savior. Like I fucking loved Obama, and I I still can't make up my mind a hundred percent about him, but like, if I if I can talk to you and be like at least ninety nine point five percent sure that you're not a snake in the grass. I can't say the same thing about Obama. And Obama from elected officials is the closest ever that 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 I could know, you, you know, kind of uh, get 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 close to trusting the guy. But the, 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 the point is that these. But let's look at his policies. Like, I don't want you to look at him as a human being, because as a human being, again, I believe he's probably an amazing guy. He has a great wife and a great family and they even had the picture perfect dog. I'm sure he's great. I don't want to talk about him as, you know, the person Obama. I want to talk about his policies. And that's where we in America, I think we get it wrong. We are so obsessed with our politicians. You know, we care if Donald Trump's wife likes him or not. We care about these things when, you know, let's look at their policies. Obama is the first president in American history that never had a single day of peace in his eight years in as president of the United States. Eight years, we were fighting wars. We're in seven right now. He escalated. He brought us into more wars. So, you know, and he's a Democrat. And traditionally, Democrats, you know, back in the day, they were, you know, they wanted us out of, out of Vietnam and they were the anti-war party. So you have the anti-war party with the first president that never had a day of peace in his entire eight years, not one. So he could be amazing. But he put, put us in these wars. He's killing people across, you know, the, the world in other nations. He's killing our guys because our troops are going to these countries to fight a war that they don't even know why we're fighting it. They're being told that our freedoms are over there and you got to go fight for our freedoms. How did our freedoms get to Iraq, you know, Afghanistan? And, and part of the problem is we just keep promoting this concept that we have to go fight wars over there so that they don't come here. When in reality are fighting those wars over there is why they want to come here and hurt us. You know, so I want to remove their cult of personality from the conversation. I'm sure that, it, I mean, if all the presidents that we've ever had, I would love to grab a drink with Obama. I mean, he sounds like a cool guy, like, sure. Let's, you know, I could totally be his, his buddy, but I would like to tell him in that conversation, dude, what the fuck? What were we doing over there? Why would you put us in harm's way? You know, 
and and I think that's where the conversation gets kind of convoluted is we're, we're we try and justify well but he's a great guy and he looks great in a suit and you know but I don't want bombs dropped by Trump any more than I wanted him dropped by Obama any more than I want him drop, uh, drop now by Biden I want to stop the bombs yeah. how can we have that conversation exactly it sounds like it sounds like you and you and Tulsi would get along swimmingly on that issue Oh, I believe so. And uh, she's been coming out in every interview I've been having lately um, because I keep encouraging her to join the Libertarian Party now. Um, every politician that wants our nomination tends to look at us in the year right before election. And that's not good enough anymore. We've already done this. We've been there. We've done that. We we had Gary Johnson and Bill Weld. And um, this cycle around, we had Lincoln Chafee, who was from a Democrat who wanted to come join us. And, you know, we, we get that. We understand because in the United States, it's so hard to get ballot access that we are the only party in the history of the United States that has consistently gotten ballot access. I think we've done it three or four cycles now. And so and that's a huge expense. I'm sorry, nobody else. You, but can you explain ballot access? Because I don't understand that concept. Yes. So um, in the United States, uh, you so every other country in the world, and I, I get why you don't understand this. Every other country in the world has multiple parties. Right. And multiple. Um, and, and you can all just easily get onto the ballot or pretty easily like, hey, I want to run for office. My party's putting this person up and and you're on the ballot in the United States. It's very complicated. So if you're a Republican or a Democrat, you have you have immediate ballot access. It's yours. Um, if you are from a third party, you must either collect signatures or spend money. But I'm talking about millions of dollars here to get 50 state, like a lot, plus thousands of volunteer hours. And we've done that. Um, even somebody like Kanye West, who wanted to run, who has all these millions of dollars, he wasn't even able to get on the ballot in California. He had to run as vice president for somebody else that had ballot access there. And he only got on, I think, seven or to 10 states. So, I mean, it's incredibly difficult. But what can you expect when you've had the same people in power for 166 years? They wrote all these rules to only benefit them. So if I wanted to run as a Republican or as a Democrat, done. You know, I just have to fight within my own party in their primary to get the top billing, right? I have to be able to win it. In the Libertarian Party, um, our biggest thing is getting on the ballot in all 50 states plus D.C. That is our hurdle. And because we have it, <clears throat> all these other politicians that don't make it in their own party are like, oh, well, let me go to the Libertarian Party and and, um, you know, have that ballot access. And because I have star power, they're going to love me and they're going to want me because they don't have a star. And they're right. We currently don't have a star. Mm -hmm. um, and so I keep hearing that Tulsi Gabbard wants to run possibly as a libertarian. And I think she's going to have a battle if she doesn't come over now and start working, helping the Libertarian Party understanding you know because i think we're we're very similar on the anti-war on the drug on you know there's a lot of issues that we are very similar her financial and policies not so much so um she'd have to you know open up a little more on that but i think she should she should why not yeah. come over to the libertarian party the what? dnc doesn't like her they they you know no. they've treated her poorly so you know we won't treat you poorly you'll be our queen come come to the party where we well not our queen i mean that we we don't have the cult of personality either no. but um no no know, no listen she'll she'll here. aloha her way in it's gonna be fucking great you can go on a double decker bus around the country and just you know throw throw weed and liberty at people it fucking sounds amazing that that I debate mean, that that dnc re uh, debate um 
between uh, Tulsi and Harris. I mean, there, there were a bunch of people there, but the, those were the only people that mattered, really. Um, yeah. And it's crazy that neither of them got, you know, be- further ahead. They Wait, were what, so what, what good. They were the sh- um, in in the uh, Democratic Party. They they uh, Tulsi had to suspend her campaign at some point because she just wasn't getting the support. And Kamala, I, didn't, I think, didn't get any votes from her party. I think she was like one of the last on the list. So the fact that they turned her into the vice presidential candidate is just astonishing yeah. to me, especially when she said that she believed Joe Biden's victims and then accepted the job. I mean. Mind blown. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand that point. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't even catch that because, like, I'm like peripherally paying attention. Like, I'm right. I'm like a very clickbait observer of of what's going on in America. Um, you get that. But uh, yeah, I mean the 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 really I mean super expected thing, but still nonetheless fucked up is that uh, Tulsi was asking all these all these legitimate questions. Like, you know, you you can you can everyone watching can Google this. And she's asking point blank questions to to Kamala, and there's no answers. There's no answers. She's just she's pouring a lot of water for a long time, but there's no fucking answers. And now she's fucking vice president. And you know, right. I, I I don't even remember the the long list of the long list of of fucked up shit that she's done. I think I think I think my biggest gripe, if I remember correctly, was. Um, that as uh, she was like a prosecutor somewhere and uh, there was a lot of shady shit going on with how many how many like weed offenses there were that people that were doing oh prison God, time yes. for like possession <laughs> i mean come on and over uh, and, 3000 people yeah yeah that's right i remember that number yeah and she blocked <laughs> what was it she as a prosecutor i think i think she unsuccessfully tried to block evidence against um, uh, for that that would have potentially exonerated someone on penalty death row. case. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the person yeah. I want I, fighting for me. Sure. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. You know, and that's. It, I'm sure she had her motives. I'm sure that there's more to that story, but I mean, just on the face value of it, how disgusting. You know, and this is the person that now and in American um journalism is 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 just astounding now all they're they're they care about is oh look at the shoes she wore on vogue magazine's cover or look at her in her timberlands going to see burnt down uh, california you know um cities and stuff i mean we care about turning people into celebrities and i just want the focus back on hey kamala can you tell us a little more about that case where the guy was innocent and you wanted him on death row so that he could die could you like shed some light on that you know i find it disturbing quite frankly disturbing and um you know i don't speak a lot about um victims but in the united states like victims of of sexual abuse um it's very personal to me and there's one in every four people in america and i'm not talking about women women men one in four americans has been the victim of sexual assault at some point in their life so it's a very big issue and she had an issue with joe biden's record she had an issue with people accusing him of rape or assault of some sort she said it publicly at a debate to his face and then when he called her up and said hey will you be my vice president uh, you know she said absolutely and that to me is but disgusting who else is he beyond gonna belief. call though she was the only one doing tiktok dances he 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 couldn't he couldn't call tulsi you know, because it's like, well, who who else would he have in his cabinet? 
if if not if not the person who is being elected uh or oh no actually you know what i'm kind of digging a hole for myself because i was just about to say that uh that she got elected but she really didn't did did he just pick her as a yeah. what's the deal with vice Basically. presidents like you get the pair the so president every party and vice president and then yeah. you elect the president and then you get that guy whether you want it or not guy girl right right okay. so um it's not supposed to be that way um i'm and I'm, I'm not a lawyer and i don't really know the specifics of it you were supposed to have elected them separately at some point it just turned into one big you know you get both of them right um but for the democrat and republican parties they do a primary for the president and then the president or the DNC or the RNC, the, the organization picks who their running mate is going to be. The Libertarian Party, we don't do things that way. Um, we have a group of delegates, um, which is basically a group of people that show up and participate in the party. You, We get voted um, at our convention to go be the delegate for that state. And then we choose individually the president and the vice presidential candidate. So they, they don't come as a package deal. We choose them. And then they run together um, for the that nomination for that for that seat, which of course we haven't even come close to attaining. But we hope to change things up. And I think that the falling apart of the Republican and the Democratic parties now is an opportunity for libertarians to are, are they falling come apart? out here. I think they've been falling apart for a long time. Um, you know, the Republican Party, for example, their whole platform this past year they 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 changed their platform every four years at, at the convention. Um, unlike the Libertarian Party, we've had the same the same platform since we were founded in the 70s. We, we might change a few things, the wording a little, we'll vote on it at convention, but Republicans and Democrats, they just have a platform that their team puts out and everybody's like, okay, that's the platform. The Republicans platform this past year is make America great again. Everything Trump did, that's our platform. So the, you don't even know what you stand for if you're Republican or Democrat. I was recently in a in a, a Facebook kind of war with a party um, with with a little group of, of Democrats. And I kept asking, what do you, like, why are you a Democrat? I just want to know, like so that I understand what drives you to be a Democrat. And they couldn't tell me. They're like, well, we care about people. OK, so I care about people. Tell me how we differ. You know, and I, I was actually kicked out of that group because they just couldn't. They don't know what they stand for anymore. You know, they don't know. Like I said, they were the party of anti-war and they're no longer the party of anti-war. So what do you stand for? Where do you draw the line? What what are the core values? They don't know. So I think that it is falling apart. I mean, if you have somebody that thinks it through and is like, OK, well, I support Democrats. Well, why do you support Democrats? You know, once you start getting past that point, it's like, well, let me think about it. You know, they care about the environment. Do they? What are the policies that they do? Oh, they support the Green New Deal. Yeah, but the Green New Deal, what is it? You know, it's it's a checklist that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez put out that says that cows, you know, we need to stop eating beef and stop taking planes. And I mean, if you're a Hawaii native like Tulsi, how exactly are you going to get to the mainland if we can no longer have planes? And, you know, I, I just think that it's something that wasn't really thought out. Mm. And so to support something that isn't thought out also is, is mm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't everyone's, know. Everyone's I, talking about how the environment needs to be saved. And I, I'm personally of the opinion that that's absolutely fucking true. But somehow no one's, mm -hmm. no one's like, if, if you look at, and I mean, I'm slightly kind of talking out of my ass here because I don't have all the numbers in front of me. And please correct me if I'm wrong. But most, most, most of American innovation has come out of two places. 
Uh, one of them is sort of the military, uh, military industrial complex, right? Which you know, I'm not, I'm not a big fucking fan of. I kind, I would kind of like nip that shit in the bud. Uh, but then the other place is NASA. Like N- NASA is where, like, so much innovation comes from them because they have the hardest sort of job. Like we gotta, we gotta fucking go to space and shit. How are we gonna do this? And all kinds of amazing technology comes out of that technology that could also help us with climate change. But somehow, and again, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'll jump out of the window right now if their budget has gone up during the last 20 years, even once. Who, NASA? NASA's? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it has. Absolutely. And please don't jump out the window. Um, oh, really? Absolutely. It does. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing. So in America, our, our and, and, and I want to poke holes in what you just said, but um, our budget, the way we do our budget is so let's say you have just to make it easy, a million dollars this year. Mm-hmm. Well, next year, we automatically tag on, well, inflation and whatnot. So next year, you'll have, you know, a million and a half or, you know, whatever number it is. Our budget never goes down. It has never gone down. It is always increased. And it's like, oh, well, we need a little more. So their their numbers, they like to talk about how they don't have enough funding. And yes, maybe they don't have enough funding to go to Mars, but they generally get enough funding. And going back to your point on sorry, innovation. Can, can I just say one thing? Places. I'm so sorry to interrupt. Yes. I, I, I didn't mean like... Um, in a in a monetary sense, I meant in a in in proportion to all the other shit that you're spending money on. Sure, maybe, but then that's where my other point was yeah, going to go. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. look at innovation in this country. Yes, the military and NASA has both produced a lot of innovation, but where does the biggest innovation come from? It comes from the free market. It comes from businesses. So the military produced. Um, the the World Wide Web, right? The internet. They got us connected. They 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 had the ability because of their large organization to connect computers and do these things. But then, that's it. When when the the uh, internet was was only in the hands of the government, you had to go and it was a directory and it was very complicated. And then it's getting easier and better and faster. And who do you have? You have people like Amazon. Amazon is the number one World Wide Web. Um, you know, cloud services, they've made the internet incredibly faster. Um, You have things like Windows. I, you know, I'm old enough to remember when Windows 95, people made lines around, you know, around blocks to get Windows 95, because before then your computer was, it was really hard to use. Um, You know, every innovation that has made not only America, but the rest of the world improve came from some private organization. It did not come from government. And to the point of NASA, let's look at SpaceX. So SpaceX, a little company, maybe you people might hear of uh, this guy called Elon Musk. I don't know. He's kind of famous. Um, you know, he his company is maybe 10 years old. And he has, in those 10 years, blown NASA out of the water. We have a reusable rocket. NASA didn't have this. We, we The only reason the United States is back into the space business is because of SpaceX, you know. Um, Boeing is supposed to produce a rocket. They are billions of dollars over budget. They haven't been able to produce it. It's behind schedule. It's not reusable like his. So government might be good at connecting people and doing, you know, jobs that don't have a financial incentive at the beginning. Sure. But if there's a financial incentive, oh man, the free market is going to take that and run with it. So um, giving all this money to the government and hoping that they improve uh, our situation is terrible. Uh, just look at energy. The United States has done a terrible job at managing 
our, our energy needs. And so they've blocked the ability for nuclear energy. Nuclear energy, even though we it, it's in its infancy still really, has improved to the point where we can now build really safe um, nuclear facilities that produce a lot of, of, of energy and that has very little to any waste. And now we don't need the, the, you know, the coolers or whatever. I mean, it's getting better. Let the free market deal with that. We would have cheap, efficient energy. We'd get away from the coal and the, and the oil industries very quickly. Let the free market work. But instead, we're like, nah, government knows what's best. And those industries are responsible for a lot of the pollution. So not only are they hurting innovation, but they're also polluting. And the United States government is one of the largest polluters of the planet. So to trust the largest polluter of the planet to that now like implement things like the Green New Deal and protect the planet is laughable to me. I don't I don't see why, you know, it's like it's like a cognitive dissonance between people. It's like the government does all of these things, but they should give more of our money and, and do more things and it's going to improve things. And I don't I don't see it. I don't know how that works. Yeah. Yeah, well, e- even uh, even 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 for a moron like me, it seems pretty it seems pretty obvious when you have a look at just just simply what the government's spending the money on. Like, really, we, we're going to give them more money because they're such a good fucking track record that we should trust them to find the best ways to use it. Like this, what? The, 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 right. It We've literally paid for studies of cocaine and like doves or something. I mean, really, that's where we spent millions of dollars is to check the effects of how cocaine affects the migration pattern of some bird. I mean, come on. And even um, on, the, there even was on a, a smaller scale you, you had in your uh, in your county as well. I think I think the commission um, you, you, you tweeted this out or, or, or something there the, where the commission is now spending. I don't know how many hundreds of millions of dollars to refurbish a fucking library or something. Yes, they have a $50 million budget for new office furniture for several different departments, right? And one of them is a brand new library that was opened a few weeks ago, and it already is furnished, but they need an extra like few hundred thousand dollars to I don't know what. Um, And then all these government offices have been closed for the past year. Nobody is going to them. So to spend $50 million, you know, on furniture when people are working from home, can we not just like recycle it? Can we not just, you know, uh, recycle some furniture, maybe reupholster it? Do we have to spend brand new, you know, and buy brand new? Um, yeah, our government is a colossal waste of money and and it hurts when it, you're the one paying those bills and they are like telling you they need more of your money. You know, mm-hmm. we already work, depends on how much you pay, but we already work four to five months out of the year to pay our, our government. So if you just take what they take out of your paycheck and, you know, four to five months, you are strictly working to pay the US government. Um, and, you know, it's it's the way we do things here in America that that is, people don't realize it because it's taken out of your paycheck. So you never see it. So if you make $10 an hour and you work 10 hours, you know, like you will just get a a certain number. The government has already taken that portion. And then your employer had to pay an equal amount for you. So they've taken this large chunk of, of money that you don't see. So you don't even know that you've really paid for it unless you're paying attention. Most Americans are like, oh, I got my refund. I'm so excited. I got all this free money. It's like, no, no. That's not free money. That's that's an interest-free loan you gave them for a whole year, um, and they're just giving it back to you. I mean, so if you have any 
knowledge of finance of any kind, you're flabbergasted. You're like, wait a minute, I don't want to give them an interest-free loan when I could have been using that money for better things. But we just don't have that knowledge and education here. It's not a priority for our politicians to teach people the things that they would need to then be outraged with the government. Right. Absolutely. We don't have any of those classes. We don't have a financial or, you know, how to balance your checkbook class in school. So most people leave not knowing, not even knowing like the basic things like credit cards, you know, don't get into credit card debt. And how could they even teach you this when the United States is like in huge credit card debt? Right. Of course, it's not credit card debt per se, but we have this huge debt. And so our own politicians are putting us in a position that there, where do we go from here? We're, we're in debt, 26, $27 trillion. 27, yeah. I still don't <laughs> understand that whole debt thing. Like, who do you owe this money to? I'm, I'm, I'm um, literally so, I'm, I'm so uneducated on this. Um, foreign countries and the Fed. The Fed has a great name because people assume that it's a government entity, but it's not. It's a private company with shareholders. So we owe money all to the shareholders private banks, shareholders. Right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Chase Bank is one of the shareholders or the owners of Chase Bank. So, you know, it's it's very convoluted. Our, our our economy, our system is convoluted on purpose. They don't want us to understand it. If we understood it, we would have overthrown the government long time ago. We would have been like, yeah. no, no, no. So it's, it's not know. it's not just that they don't want you to understand the Federal Reserve, which I honestly don't. Uh, they right. don't they don't even want you uh, and this is the same thing in my country as well they don't even want you to understand how much taxes you owe right they right. want you it's, to that's why it's up. done right yeah right but it, they don't just want you to fuck up they don't want you to know so in the united states we have your income tax which is removed as i said from your paycheck and then um your employer pays also a and from there that, that pays social security and and workers you know there's a fund in case you lose your job and all these other things and then on top of that, you pay property taxes and sales taxes and a gasoline tax. And if you buy anything that's um, anything, there's that sales tax. And, uh, you know, it's just there's so many taxes. So you, if you pay your cable bill, there's a special cable tax. There's a Wi-Fi tax. There's a there's hundreds of taxes. And every time you spend a dollar, you're taxed on that dollar. So. I mean, you just don't even realize it anymore. It's built in. And then when you complain about it, you're like, why am I paying all these taxes? Why do I pay a surtax if I want to buy cigarettes, for example? Oh, well, you have to pay that because it's a it's a terrible habit. So the government needs more money because you're paying for a terrible habit. And this has been normalized. And when you say, well, I don't want to pay that, they're like, well, move to another country or or my favorite is, well, then don't drive on the roads. Listen, buddy, I've paid for those roads a million times over at this point. I deserve to drive on the roads, but also if we just got together as a community and paid for our roads ourselves, like my neighbors and I, we just, you know, Hey, the road in front of our house needs to be redone. We'd save millions of dollars because the government doing that same job takes so much more than what we could pay for it and just, you know, have a company do it. So I think it's just the way we frame the conversation that we can't get past it. We can't get past you know, hey, there's other ways of doing things, even toll roads. If you're so worried about the roads, let's have a toll on the road. Everybody pays a certain, you know, when you use that road, then there's many ways to do it. You don't have to pay this big government and then have them pay for your stuff. There's many ways. Uh, 
Yeah, well, that's actually kind of kind of goes goes. Uh, this is kind of serves for a decent segue uh, to what the thing is that I really would like to get a little bit more, uh, a little bit more uh, informal education on. Um, so, would you would you be able to help me understand libertarianism a little bit better when it comes to uh, first thing taxes? Because Am I am I correct that libertarians largely think that taxation by default is just theft? Okay, that's our that's our big yes. It's correct, but there's you know it's kind nuances. of like a funny ha ha thing as well. It's there's nuances to it exactly. Sure. Um, but okay. yes, so, generally so I, speaking, I'm sorry. I'm I'm not I'm not. Yeah, go, uh, go for it. Go I'm on. just uh, so that's one thing that I uh, I want to kind of go into, and the other thing that I want to go into is. Um, and I think I think this is a genuinely difficult thing. Like I, uh, I, I cannot formulate in my own head how to how to deal with this. It's that on the one hand, I kind of I kind of see the point of uh, you know if we if we if we vote actively with our money, say we need we need the roads fixed. All right, we're gonna get this and that company. We're gonna pay them. They're gonna make some money on it. We're gonna create some jobs. All that's st- all that good stuff perfect but then where does uh, where 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 does libertarianism and i suspect this might i don't know maybe this this or another issue might be one of those places where uh, as a party you have like a set of rules and views and then sometimes maybe you have to step outside of them because I, I i don't know if i can read the entire libertarian thing and 100 percent agree with everything but i, I sure as okay. fuck can agree with more than with anything else really um right so how do you balance um how do, how do you balance the free market and sort of encouraging encouraging private companies to just do what they're doing make money through providing services and goods how do you how do you kind of get rid of this issue that we have in the government now and this is in all governments basically uh maybe not china um <laughs> where uh, these uh, these private companies they get so big and so powerful that they have a lot of say over how we live our lives because they can legitimately affect legislation how do we they how can. do we kind of make them not be able to do that as well so that's exactly what our platform is about it's <clears throat> pointing that out pretty much so the reason corporations are able to buy government officials is because government officials are for sale and they're for sale because of our, our system, right? So the only way to get ahead in America as a politician is to collect money, to then run these big campaigns, to then um, you know get to the front of the line, so to speak, and then you, you're able to implement what you want to implement. So it's kind of like a convoluted system that gets us exactly where we are, and that's politicians are for sale. Um, going back to the taxes issue, there are other ways of doing things. So, you know, right now we have um, we have GoFundMe in the United States, right? GoFundMe is a popular thing and you can put your money towards helping somebody if you want to. Why couldn't we have a system where we go fund the, the places where we want to spend money? So for example, I pay tons of taxes and my money is being spent on putting people in jail for cannabis uh, violations and other non nonviolent, no victimless crime uh, things. My money's being put towards killing people in other parts of the world. My money's being put towards, you know, some good, I suppose, but a lot of bad. So we have this notion that the only way of doing things is the way it's always been done. 
you know, and, and this way was created back when we didn't have, I mean, look at all of the innovation. We didn't have uh, even, we didn't even have, you know, TVs and, 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 and uh, phones. And so we now have all this ability. Everybody has a cell phone, right? You know, a, an ability to communicate and to say, this is what I would want. This is what I don't want. Let people vote with their dollars and their feet. Let people decide. In the United States, we want a one size fits all for everybody idea. So we have, for example, in, the 19, in 1979, we created the Department of Education. The United States, up until 1979, had one of the absolute best education systems in the world. We were number one when in the world in 1979, right before. So let's say 1978, we were number one in the world. We had um, and our Department of Education didn't exist. 1979, it's created. Right now, we're number 29 and we spend more money than every other country in the world. And actually we spend more money than the top countries in the world. So you can't tell me that this one size fits all works. And furthermore, we take all this money and then we're claiming teachers don't have the money. Of course not, because it goes to the bureaucrats who don't really teach anyone and they're creating this one size fits all. So you have to learn the same things here in Miami that somebody in Alaska has to learn. Well, maybe those things just aren't Good. I mean, we're, we're focused on our kids have to learn, you know, this specific math and they have to learn this specific thing. The history we teach, we're not teaching, you know, real history. We're teaching some sort of convoluted history that the United States government wants us to know. You know, there's <clears throat> there's several things in the United States that are big deals that our government has done to its own citizens. We don't teach that in schools. Things like um, I, I grew up, I was a child during Waco. But I remember Waco happening, Waco, Texas. I don't know if you're familiar with the story. I know. Um, I, 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 it rings a bell for sure, but it would be great if you give me a, like a quick 30-second rundown of what it was. Well, there's, there's a Netflix special that, I mean, everybody should watch on Waco, Texas, just because it really goes into it. And even though I lived through it, the narrative of the media was completely different to what I believe actually happened. These people wanted to live on their own in a ranch in Texas. And the, the guy that was, uh, and I, I forget his name right now, um, they, they wanted to live and have their own religion and do their own thing. And the U.S., the FBI came in and stormed them and held them hostage and killed everybody inside because they were doing something that the United States government didn't want. And that's not the only case. We have Ruby Ridge where the FBI came and murdered um, the wife and, you know, it turned into a disaster. We have things like the Tuskegee syphilis uh, program that the United States for 40 years was uh, studying people of color with syphilis, uh, quote, supposedly helping them and, and, and curing them. And they didn't cure them. They were just studying them to see what would happen long term. You know, if you if you acquired syphilis and nothing, you, you weren't given any help. I mean, we have and I can go on and on and on. There are so many instances where our government screwed us over and we don't learn this in school. What are we learning in school? We're learning about 9-11 and how these countries wanted to come over and kill us. Meanwhile, we're not learning about why they want. I mean, we have been involved in regime regime change around the world. We have come in and, you know decided that we don't like that guy, we're going to install this guy, we're going to do these things. I'm just flabbergasted. This is what we've gotten to. And so you can't go outside the Department of Education. You have to comply with them or you don't get certified as a school. You Even if you want to homeschool your children, to some degree, you need the government to approve of it. Otherwise, you're going to jail. 
So everything is so, um, so involved with the government. And that's what the Libertarian Party is trying to do is say, hey, this is not the best way to do it. It is the way it has been done. Therefore, it is the way we know how to do things. But it's not working out for us. This experiment has failed. Um, our founding fathers never intended for the government to be this big centralized thing. As a matter of fact, they wanted us to be united, you know, the United States. We're different independent states that come together. We are supposed to be 50 independent states, 50 independent locations where experiments per se. So like maybe uh, Florida is working successfully and California isn't, so more people would move to Florida. It's an independent state. And instead, we have a centralized government that's like, no, everybody's going to do things this one way. We're going to collect all the money and decide where it gets spent. Um, and, and you know, just because it's been done that way doesn't mean it's the way we should move forward. Innovation generally is good. Let's innovate the government. Let's do something different. Let's try something else. Uh, that's I think that's where we're trying to say is it's not working. Let's make it better. And look at even our election laws. I mean, it's so not working so much so that our debate is between two people who all they can do is talk, talk about themselves, you know, talk about each other. Like, you're so horrible. Look at this thing you did. And the other one's like, yeah, but you're so horrible. Look at this thing you did. That's not this is America. We have 350 million people. Is that the best we can do? It was Joe Biden and Donald Trump not saying anything personally about them. Just is that the best this country can do? Two 70-something-year-old men who have been both accused of rape of some sort or another? That's the best we can do in this country? I don't believe it. And that's where our conversation goes to every time. It's who's, who's worse? Well, let's vote for the lesser of two evils. That is literally what we say. Vote for the lesser of two evils. Yeah. How about we don't vote for an evil? Yeah, the, How about Amer we try the that American motto should be better the war criminal we know. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And yes. libertarianism's motto should be like fucking Bitcoin for America. Just decentralize everything. Let us let us do what the fuck we want. Also, talking about crypto and how like everything's centralized in America and it doesn't really make sense. Has there been any progress whatsoever uh, on uh, voting online? There has not been. And I mean, imagine imagine a government based on a uh, sort of crypto um, blockchain technology. I mean, imagine voting. Smart contract. Imagine being, is perfect. Absolutely. I mean, we're having this issue with the Dominion voting machines. And if it was hacked, if it was, hey, guys, guess what? Technology is so far ahead that we could have a blockchain voting something or another, you know, I'm, I'm not the technical person. I'm not going to be doing this, but I know that there's some real smart people out there yep. that can be doing this. Let's give it a go. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Russia can hack us and uh, our machines can be distorted. We already have that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's nowhere to go from here but up, right? Yeah, yeah the, everyone's screaming about like Russians are hacking us and then there's, then there's like... Uh, fucking librarians stuffing their pockets full of ballots at the, behind the behind the voting thing. I mean, you know, it's, uh, again, what do we want? Do we want the smallest, smallest of two evils, lesser of two evils, or do we want to actually move forward? Of course, there's going to be risk involved. Yes, we might fail, but 
I mean, is it better to just leave things the way they are? I understood if we if we lived at like a you know we we're like at a ninety percent happiness capacity. Sure, let's 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 not push it. You know, let's 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 go to Cabo. Let's fucking crack a couple of beers, chill out. Everything's fine. But that's not the case. The education no. system, I largely globally is fucked beyond all recognition. Uh, there's, Isn't that crazy there's, though? There's In the places- time where you can get all this education for free online. Our education is failing. I mean, think of the people that t- were self-taught back in the day where they had to read books by candlelight to like learn things and they were really interested. Right now, again, pointing to cell phones, we all have the world's information in our pocket and we choose to be ignorant. We choose to not look beyond the headlines. Yeah. And I mean, I, maybe I'm dating myself, but I always assume that the reason that we didn't have more knowledge was because it was hard to obtain and now it's super easy. And what's our well, excuse? Th- that's, that's the thing when you're talking about complex issues like this, the, the wall that I often run into, um, is trying to, t- trying to differentiate between symptoms and causes. Um, Okay, so let's let's look let's look at the sort of what we might refer to as ignorance, right? Um, ignorance is obviously a symptom. I, I don't think I don't think ignorance as such is like a first principle of why everything's fucked up. But I think there's a we can start looking at a fair few things why uh, of why that ignorance exists uh, exists. One of one of the more obvious things would probably be as we were talking about, you know, the education system. Um, and uh, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not saying anything new here, but it is a huge a huge problem in the education system that uh, kids, uh, and this was the case for me and everyone I know uh, from various countries, uh, kids were never taught how to think; they were taught what no. to think. They right. were never taught how to concentrate. They were told to concentrate, as if concentrate uh, the ability to concentrate is an inherent thing. It's not. You need to you need to understand right. how things in your you need to understand kind of how your mind and emotions work in order for you to be not distracted by all the shit that's going on. And then, you know, you you do this for a few decades, you don't teach you don't teach your population how to think or how to concentrate or you know all these things, even like personal finance and stuff like that. And then uh, eventually you get exactly what you want. You get a population right. that is emotionally unstable. They will yell at everything that they disagree with without listening to it. And I kind of think that the politicians fucking want that. Because a, a, a population that is uh, too busy being at each other's throats will never pay enough attention to see what the fuck is being done under their noses. So, right. so that's going back to everything we've talked about. So we're at each other's throats. And then you have this, I guess it's not willful, but it's ignorance. And, and it's, for example... Um, this past summer during COVID lockdowns, where we had all these protests and riots and, you know, people were saying defund the police and the police aren't out to protect you. They're out to hurt you. And that same group of people are now talking about, um, you know, <laughs> they're talking about de- uh, removing your ability to have guns. And now guns is something that the United States, we've we've been very vocal on it. We fought a war to get away from the British. You know, we 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 want to have our guns. This is our belief, um, we believe that you are entitled to protect yourself and your home and your, your, it's your right to protect yourself in the best means that you can. And so we have a group of people that are saying, police aren't going to come save you, save yourself, but take away my guns. 
And it's just, it's mind boggling because you, you know, this is what that education has led us to. It's not critical thinking. If you had critical thinking skills, you'd say, you know what? Number one, the gun doesn't kill people on their own. Yes, people have accidents, but that's because you're not a tra- you're not trained. You don't know how to handle the gun or you leave the gun where somebody can grab it and, and you know, a child can grab it maybe or whatever. It's like saying that I, I wrote a paper, I left a pencil out and it wrote this, you know, a paper. It, pencils don't write papers for you. You have to do it. Guns don't kill people. You have to do it. Mm. So, I mean, you have to physically put a bullet into the gun and, and have it go off. Guns don't just magically do this. So there's there's a lot of missing in that critical thinking, I think. Um, and and so, if you know, taking away the right. And I again, this is something very personal to me as well. I'm a, I'm a very small human being. And um, I, I could saw never your picture compete. with Joe. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> is she really tall or um, that short? So it was multiple things. We were on her bus and she was wearing heels and elevated, but she's oh. very tall. She's probably okay. five, uh, five, eleven, maybe. Okay. Um, and so I'm on, I'm she's on the very metric tall. System. I'm sorry. Yes, That's, she's close no, I'm to sorry a meter 80. <laughs> true uh she's probably 180 uh i I can do it in spanish i'm sorry i'm not very good in english she's very tall and Mm -hmm. i am not very tall i am very short so for me you know i wouldn't be able to defend myself just in general i'm not a very strong person so for me the idea that that somebody wants to take away my right to defend myself um that's scary to me i and and it also makes people not want to go seek mental health because now they're talking about if you've ever gone to a psychologist, a psychiatrist and been diagnosed with something. Now they don't want you to have the ability to have guns. So instead of that making it sense, like people think, oh, well, all these people, we know who they are that have these mental issues. What they don't realize is new people that are like, hey, maybe I should see somebody for this depression. People are going to be like, oh, no, then I'm not going to be able to have a gun. Forget it. And you're going to deal with it on your own. Not well, I'm sure. And we're creating a bigger situation. So um, that whole, you know, it's, it's, we're not taught to think we're taught what to think. We're taught to think that guns are bad or we're taught to think, um, you know, just so many issues yeah. we could do this all day, but I, I agree with you. I don't think we're taught that critical thinking skill, um, in schools a, or at home. And, and that's exactly what politicians want because then they can tell you, this is what you should be thinking. And we're we're all like, yes, as somebody in authority that knows more than us told us what to think. And therefore that is what I think. And, and politicians, there's, there's no real requirement to be a politician in the United States. You've got to be a resident of where you say you are and where you're running and you have to be over a certain age. There's no other qualification, even for president. There was that, there was that great scene from, uh, uh, Bill Maher did a documentary about religion, and he was talking to, a, I don't know, some some fat cat senator or congressman or whatever. They were having this long conversation, and uh, Bill Maher was... Uh, was telling him telling him things about how like listen man like you're 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 in this very powerful office and everything but you gotta admit it's 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 a little weird that you say you believe in all these things like the burning bush and the snake and all this it's like what, what like how how do we deal with this and, and the guy goes thinking he's gonna he's gonna be really funny he says well it's a good thing that they they don't make you pass an IQ test before running for office. Yeah, and that's that's kind of uh, yeah, that's 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 one of the parts of the issue summarized there. But I actually wanted to talk. I mean, lucky about- for me, right? 
Lucky for me, I'm running for office. I don't have to pass any IQ tests. Yeah, here, no, but, I, I don't think you'd um, be in any danger, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> going back to guns, you. I do want to talk a little bit more about guns because gun, uh, gun control is one of those issues that I've changed my mind on. Uh, I used to... And I mean, when I say change my mind on, that is not supposed to carry a lot of weight. I'm I'm a 27-year-old dude who, you know, I mean, no, no one should be listening to me for advice on how to live their lives or how to govern societies. But uh, there, th when I when I was younger, I, I, like a lot of people, uh, I was very sort of left-leaning, uh, and I don't think I went too crazy with it at any point and you know I didn't have a microphone in front of me so no one heard it anyway uh, except for some Facebook comment sections I'm sure they're gonna come back to haunt me one day um, but uh, oh, I'm, I'm sure I have those too <laughs> <laughs> probably <laughs> but uh, yeah so I, I used to it used to make a, a lot of sense to me and in some ways still does a little bit the argument that uh, we need gun, gun control because um, because it, it it is un, in, indisputable, undisputable that uh, the way to deal with gun violence, one of the ways, is to get rid of guns. And sure, I mean, yes, technically. But it doesn't seem like that fixes a problem. It seems like that creates a new one. But then again, like, even though I changed my mind on it on a personal level, if I was living in America... I, if I was living in a state where I couldn't own a gun, I would like to own a gun. And if I was living in a state where I could own a gun, I would like to keep the ability to own a gun. Especially right. how fucking crazy everything is in your country. Sorry. My, my country is no better. We, we have other demons, but they're just as fucking ugly. Name uh, a place on earth that isn't crazy right mm, now. True. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I I'd like to I say that we're really unique. We're not. Place. Yeah. No. Some of the, I mean, I... I some of the northern countries look pretty great on paper, but I don't know enough about them. I'm, I'm sure there's some skeletons in those classes too. Um, but the thing about gun control is that, yes, I, I, I used to think that, okay, let's fucking get rid of the guns because, come on, enough with the fucking school shootings. We don't need this shit. Let's just get rid of the guns. But that's a very extreme response to, let's, let's be honest, an extreme issue. Um, right. And now I... I don't really know what the answer is anymore because I keep hearing opinions and um, if we discount the really obvious ones, then there, there, there are also some good ones from time to time that go both for gun control and against gun control. One of, one of the good opinions that I heard recently that made sense to me, uh, Brett, Brett Weinstein uh, had done a podcast last year, I believe, with about six or seven or eight people who were all of sort of, they said, recent African descent. Basically, six or seven uh, black people, because this was like at the, at the time of the, like the height of the sort of racial tension because of George Floyd and everything. And, uh, and um, uh, all, uh, I think most of the people were of the opinion that, first of all, this whole issue, you know, white people versus everyone else that everyone's now racist and all that that that's that doesn't fucking solve anything like what the fuck are you talking about in the first place like really everyone's fucking racist just because they're born uh, you know but okay that's a different conversation the thing the thing that one of the people said about about gun control was that we need to really have a really hard look at uh, the police force uh, how they're trained and 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 all that how how much funding they have how, how that funding is being used but then also, also if you if you have a look at, if you try to put yourself in the shoes of a police officer who has to walk up to a we, uh, a vehicle in the middle of the night, in a state where everyone can have a gun, 
uh, there's that extra layer. Um, how should I say it? That like there's like an extra layer of anxiousness. Yeah. That you know, like it, like if I was in that situation, like I would like to think that you know my country uh, or you know the company that trained me or whatever would have done a good enough job that they made sure that I'm ready to tackle this situation. But like, I don't even know if you. This is a lot of questions. This is a lot to put into one. So I'm currently reading a book. I just wanted to look it up just to not mangle the name called Tangled Up in Blue by Rosa Brooks. I'm just started. I I heard her speak on on like um, uh, NPR or something. And she is a professor of law who joined the police force to be able to, you know, come up with these ideas. And one of the first points that she made was, you know, that a lot of the policing that happens, they're not necessarily trained for those things. So police are trained for certain things. And, um, you know, certain situations, they're they're immediately ready to just shoot. They're, they're just put this fear into them of everybody's out to get you. And part of that goes back to, like you said, the laws that the way they were written. So, of course, police have to go enforce drug laws and they have to, you know, they, they're they the first people called if you have a, a domestic dispute. They're the first ones called if if you're having a mental crisis. They're the first ones called for all these host of issues that they're not necessarily ready to deal with. Um, you know, that's not their training. Their training is go in, neutralize the person, you know, do these certain things. So, um that's number one. Number two, I, I come, my family comes from Cuba, a current communist country. We, um, you know, my parents had to flee. And one of the first things in, in Cuba that, that I have to point out is the government did not allow private citizens to own guns. Um, and so they've had 62 years, we're on 62 years of the Fidel Castro regime, because you can't overthrow a government if you ha- don't have a means to do it. You are forced to accept whatever this tyrannical government, because the government still has guns. You're just the ones without it. Um, I also lived in Venezuela back when Venezuela was not a communist country or a socialist country like it is now. And um, during that time, people could own guns. And the first thing that, that happened was guns were confiscated and taken away. And so now you have this government that is completely overbearing on their people, that is starving them, that is doing all these things that took away businesses, expropriated businesses. So first thing I need to point out is if you give up your ability to have guns you're, and the government still maintains their ability to have guns, it's not going to be a good situation. Let's start there because what is the difference between the government and you, the person? A badge. Yeah. It, it, it's not that they're magically better people. It's not that they're magically superior somehow or have better training they just ha- are the right people so you're you're what you're saying when you say take away guns from everybody and only let the government have it is special people are going to have them everybody else is not going to have it and then the other issue is let's look at a place like australia or england or you know they're islands right so you take away everybody's ability to have a gun okay um and they don't have that immigration they don't have guns coming over borders they don't have you know we're america we've got so many miles of borders so we can control maybe some parts of america but we couldn't control yeah we can't control drugs you think we were going to be able to control uh, guns and then as somebody who's been to australia a few times every time i go to australia there's there's like some sort of mass killing either with cars or with knives or some other way um where many people get hurt so if your ability if you if it just bothers you that guns are killing people and that's why you want to take them away? I Sure. 
but that doesn't stop the real problem, which is people killing people. Again, going back to my point, guns don't do that. People kill people. So I would prefer we address the real issues. And a lot of those are, in America at least, are excessive laws. I mean, we are in each other's business and we're in each other's business about everything. You can call the cops on your neighbor for just about anything, even though they might not be hurting you. If if you're in an illegal state, of, of, if you, a state that does not have cannabis in any shape or form, and you smell somebody smoking it, you can call the cops and the cops will come. And there's no law small enough that, that won't be enforced by the barrel of a gun. So Larry Sharp um, in New York says this quite often. He says that any law written on paper, and I'm paraphrasing him, basically is giving somebody the authority to enforce it by the barrel of a gun. And there was recently some news about um, uh, about some uh, somebody jaywalking that ended up, you know, police shot them. So there's no, there literally is no law small enough yeah. that somebody won't come after you with a gun for it. So let's let be careful what you wish for. I think that's the the bottom line: is be careful what you wish for. You just might get it, and it's not going to be what you thought. At least yeah. not with you know taking people's ability away to have a right to protect themselves. And and it, it think of the cruelty. You know that's assuming that everybody is safe in their place. Think about the amounts of women uh, or, or men too that get stalked that um, have somebody that that wants to, them dead and you say, well, I'm going to take away your right to, to that gun or that whatever mace, um, you know, because we're not just talking about guns, stun gun, whatever it is. If you take away somebody's right to defend themselves and then they die, is that blood not on your hands? Definitely. I mean, I've me. personally been stalked. Yeah. I've personally been stalked. This is something that I firmly believe if Somebody saying that I should not have a gun means that they don't care that I get killed. You know, it's it's just, it's the reality. People are, people have dangers in their lives. And and even if it's not another human being, what if you, you live somewhere like, again, Alaska, you probably need a gun in case there's a grizzly bear, you know, like don't assume that everybody lives your same circumstance. Don't assume that Everybody, you know, I'm in Florida, there's crocodiles everywhere. (laughs) You know, what if one day uh, one of my kids gets attacked by a crocodile, I'm going to pull out that gun and shoot it, you know, don't assume is, is the bottom line, just... Yeah, that's know. that's the thing. The I, I think mostly the people who sort of nonchalantly say that, you know, oh, every gun owner is fucking crazy and like, uh, you know, they're, ba- they're basically fucking off their rocker. I think most of those people do not understand the concept of personal responsibility. Um, maybe yes. they don't have personal responsibility, but, you know, and okay, maybe you don't have respons- personal responsibility. Maybe you're okay with, you know, someone else taking care of you. Okay, fine. That's that's your personal sort of freedom to, to, to do that. But to assume that you can re- live, that you, you can know for sure that you can live the rest of your life without personal responsibility being forced upon you with force that you need to defend yourself from in that case. It's, it's a little fucking silly to think that, you know, uh, there's, there's another thing, there, there's another argument. Um, I don't know if anyone's still, if anyone's still using this argument because this is from like a couple of years ago, few, more than that. Uh, the argument was 
that, of course, we need to get rid of the guns because when it was written into the Constitution, the right to bear arms, that was in the time of muskets and, and, and you know, the, there wasn't any, any sort of advanced weaponry because now, you know, even if everyone had guns, it, they wouldn't really stand that much of a chance against the government and their whole sort of military complex. Which, on the one hand, sure, kind of. I mean, you never know how this shit's going to play out anyway, right? Uh, right. But to say that that Plenty is, of instances that that in is history a good where... enough reason to, for everyone to get rid of their guns, as if, as, if the, as if government tyranny was the only thing to be afraid of in the world, as if fucking right. rapists don't exist anymore. Like, what the fuck? Like, you, right. you have to somehow protect yourself. We can't all afford to build Iron Man suits and learn, learn jujitsu for fucking 20 years. Like, that's, that's not, that's not going to happen. <laughs> So, it is pretty fucking silly, I'd say. It, does it bother you it that is. I that I that I curse a lot? I I forgot to do the trigger warnings before the before the podcast. Not at all. I cur- I curse like a sailor in my personal life as well. Okay, um, I try I, I really think you hard start cursing to control it. Uh, you I know, think all politicians think so... should authenticity, right? That's what we talked about. <laughs> Um, there are so, so many. There yes, are so many but, people who. But children and you know that kind of stuff. And my kids uh, hear me curse all vote. the time. Children don't vote. <laughs> you gotta get them votes, Martha. Come on. <laughs> um, I try. I know that it, people are sensitive to the cursing, so I try Fuck very it. hard not to. Those them them them's the snowflakes. I want people to. I want people to hear what we're saying, not so much, you know, um, I think that that's, there's a time and place. I, I did say a few bad words on this since we've been talking. Oh, I didn't um, even but... notice because it doesn't <laughs> seem like I'm talking. I, I, I literally just reminded myself that you're a politi- kind of a politician. Are you technically a politician? Kind of. Oh, boy. I don't know. What is the definition well, you're, of a You're a councilwoman, right? You're on the, I am. You're on the council I am a councilwoman. For, what, what was it? Miami Dade, something to do with housing, correct? Right. So it's it's a it's a community council, which basically we it's a it's a group of people that come together once a month to hear the zoning issues for our little local area. Um, and so we, we make decisions on people's houses or whatnot. I mean, um, as a libertarian, it's almost offensive that we have this, you know, this board, um, you know, making decisions on people's houses uh, where you can up to which line on your property you can build up to, you know, uh, if you can have a sign on your business, um, if a builder who purchased land can build houses and how many they can build and so on and so forth. I mean, we make decisions that affect real people and the, the, the property they have. So, um, and, and those decisions, uh, I mean, I hope I don't offend you by saying this, but you just said yourself that it is kind of fucking silly that, that these decisions need to be handled by a specifically designated group of people that are solely responsible for this. And we're, we're paying God knows how much each year to sustain this. And the whole point. Well, well we actually do it for free. My, my community council gets paid zero dollars. We have a zero dollar budget. Bless we do it uh, voluntarily. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the commission, the commission seat that I'm seeking uh, pays just under 7,000 a year. So it's a full-time Seven. job, $7,000. Yeah. A year. But yeah. here's the kicker though. Um, then they have this huge budget. So there's 13 people on the, the commission and their budget, annual budget is like $20 million for their own offices and their staff. And their, so it just breeds corruption. Right. It, you know, people right. spend a million dollars to get onto the seat, you know, campaigning for a $6,000 a year job, something there is wrong. The There's some major corruption. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, that math doesn't work out. So um, I will, you know, I'm, I'm digging into the budget to see, and it's very hard to, it's, 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 the budget is open and out there, but what they spend the money on, you, you can't find that very easily. So mm-hmm. that's my, that's my job for the next 18 months is to see where that money's going and see, you know, how we can fix this. I think that if $6,000 for a full-time job is wrong, um, you know, because it breathe. obviously you, you can't not have a side job. The only people who are going to want that job are the ones who are going to figure out how to squeeze more out of it. And those are not the people you want responsible for the population. Or people like me who can afford not to work for a while to be able to. Yeah, yeah, true. But how many many people like you are there? Uh, Honestly, I'm not asking you to pat yourself on the back, but realistically speaking. Well, I mean, it should be easier for people that want to do good to be able to. The only reason I'm able to step into this position is because I worked my tail off and did very well for myself. And it's not that I'm a millionaire or a billionaire, like I'm not a Jeff Bezos. I can't, you know, I can't do this forever, but it's something that I feel so strongly about that I am going to somewhat, you know, stop my, my business, uh, and, and, and pay, you know, attention to this and do this for a $6,000 a year salary. Um, it's definitely a pay cut and it's something that I, I, I've, I don't know. We need to fix it. I don't know that I know the answer to it just yet, but it definitely needs to be worked around because you breed, you know, you bring in people that are are here specifically to try and, and get a better deal for themselves. And they do. And that's part of the problem. They give their friends and their buddies jobs that, um, you know, construction jobs on the road or whatnot, and they get this huge kickback and that's how they make their money. Yeah. Why why uh, why wouldn't that happen if uh, if we followed more libertarian principles of government? Because we'd make government so small, so insignificant that you it wouldn't be worth your while to buy a politician. Why would you buy a politician? You don't need them. That's the goal. The goal is to reduce government to something that so we were talking about the blockchain technology for example. Uh, if you could vote without necessarily having to spend, you know, if you could learn about a politician without them having to collect billions of dollars, you know, without them having to do that, because they, you have to sell yourself to these corporations and say, this is what I'm going to do for you. Give me money so that I can run for the seat. So again, it just goes back to the whole system. The whole system is wrong. You have to um, go out like a, like NASCAR, right? You can see the logos on the cars, um, you know, Formula One or whatever we want to, you, you can see the logos of who's paying for those cars right front and center, but you don't see that on politicians. So if we're going to do it that way and make politicians go out and collect funds from, have them wear shirts with all the, you know, logos of all the companies that are funding them, like NASCAR, you know, uh, we'd need more than a shirt. We'd probably need like the whole team covered in logos, but um, you know, it's, it's built into the system. It's how we do things. It's, right. you have to go out there and sell yourself. So somebody's going to give you a $10,000 check, then they're going to call you up and say, remember when I gave you that money? Well, now I need this favor and you have to do it because they gave you that check. Yeah. So we're, our system is just corrupt. Or how do you, you fix have a to corrupt do it system? because you took that check. Right. You know, again, there's a couple of ways of looking at this. Like, yeah. And, and and again, 27-year-old moron, no one should listen to me, but still. Uh, and I mean, I also want to ask you ask you some questions about like what government would actually look like. Uh, but I am I'm kind of in two minds about this because the whole uh, like I've only been exposed peripherally uh, to 
libertarian principles fairly recently. Um, and I like the sound of smaller government, for sure. Mm, but then also at the same time, government can be really fucking useful if we set it up correctly. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. And well, I don't necessarily believe that it needs to be a small government. It just needs to be an efficient, updated, modern government. Voting online, transparent, uh, transparent budgets, transparent funding, uh, more free choice in real time. Like for example, something that something that sounds fucking amazing to me, although I have no idea whether it would actually work in real life, is uh, like we we all have online online bank accounts and everything. Why why can't we also make some sort of thing that's like for for each country it it would be. Uh, like for example in Latvia we have our sort of uh, taxpayer system where we log in with our bank accounts uh, and some other ways but basically they're tracking who you are so that they know okay this action has been performed by this person and it's basically for paying your taxes and submitting uh, submitting uh, like tax uh, tax reports and, and stuff like that why couldn't you combine a system like that with also um, a real-time report of okay, so here's an the X amount of taxes that you paid us this year. Here's how it's being spent, and then you have the option if you see that some like a, a portion of your taxes is being spent on the military and you don't want that to happen, you can pull it out of there in real time, put it somewhere else. Like that's what I was talking about of like you know a GoFundMe style government. I think we're on the same page with this. Like I right. would rather. If I had to pay, you know, whatever my taxes are, if I had to pay those taxes regardless, why can't I say, you know what, this organization is doing a great job and they're helping people. I want my money to go there. Why do I have to spend that money to pay for a government? In Miami-Dade County, of um, every dollar that we pay in property taxes, 22 cents goes to the jail system. Two cents goes to the health care. So, you know, I'm appalled that I only get to contribute two cents to healthcare for somebody that maybe might need that, but I have to spend 22 cents to house people, like I've been talking about that, you know, they smoked a joint 20 years ago and now they're in jail for the last 20 years. Why do I have to support that? So I agree with you. Let's absolutely have a government that is um, more transparent and where you have more options and where you can actually be involved. I agree with that. However, good luck getting Americans to fork over their bank account information and give it to the government. They already have our bank account information when easy. we don't want it. <laughs> no, no, I think that's oh, the easy yeah, they part. They already have it. Yeah, I think that's, I know, the, that's, but you I know think that's the easy part. I don't when, want when it. I don't want to connect it. Well, sorry? I don't want to connect it to the government. I don't want my bank account information in the hands of government. Our United States government can take your money if you're accused of a crime, even if they haven't convicted you. Under RICO laws, they can freeze all of your assets. Yep. So giving them any more power? No. No, 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 no. Uh, our, our city of Miami mayor is trying to get Bitcoin into the city of Miami and like pay our employees with Bitcoin and do all these things. And my thing is, I would never want the city of Miami anywhere near my digital wallet. Like, no. <laughs> um, how, how much money? No. You got in <laughs> um, not enough, unfortunately. <laughs> I actually, I'm, I'm, I, I'm more I, of an old... Sorry, I interrupted. Uh, gold, gold and silver is really my my big um, belief. 
Um, I'm a huge fan of the cryptos, all of them. I think that the whole technology is amazing. I want to see what it can do. Um, I'm more of a Peter Schiff kind of person where, yes, it's amazing. It's valuable. I just don't know that it's a, it's a currency per se. Um, yes. But it, with that said, I do own a little bit of, of a few cryptos, um, you know, yeah. a little, I dabbled some, I haven't become a millionaire off of it, unfortunately. Yeah. Me I either, sold my Bitcoin I bought, right before I took a, off. I bought, a, I bought in a little bit some four years ago and I haven't touched it since. So, ah, Awesome. Good it's, for you. It it it, it, it you goes can... it goes up and down like a it's the the there's there's a quote from a TV show like uh, Ch China's like a pig on LSD you don't know which way, which way it's gonna run and it's exactly the same with crypto. Um, right. And I don't but right even, now I don't you're even sitting think pretty. It's, yeah, right now. Yeah, but I basically what I did is I took an amount of money that I was perfectly willing to lose, um, and I put it in, and I just I just said to myself, I'm not gonna take it out. Maybe I'll exchange some of these for different ones, and I have like a right. fairly diversified thing. Um, yeah, but if if I if I was sitting and watching watching that ticker every day, I'd, I would have died of a heart attack two years ago. Um, can I can I go back for a second uh, about the um, um, the sort of libertarian form of form of government where the government would be small and the uh, uh, sort of choices would lie more with the individuals? Uh, I mean, technically, some of the choices already lie with the individuals now, but I mean, we both know that that's not exactly not really. true. Yeah, not on really. Paper, on I paper, on paper, they do, but not in reality. Not really. <laughs> Come on, um, we've been trying to get cannabis legalized for years. I mean, we've had we have all the evidence to show again nobody's died and people want it. Yep. 70% of Floridians voted to make cannabis legal in the state of Florida and yet all we have is a medical system and it's a horrible medical system. So no, we don't have a direct representation because if we did, cannabis wouldn't even be legalized. It would be decriminalized. So, no, I don't agree with that stance. I think that our government is like, vote for me because I'm going to do all these things for you. And then they turn around and do whatever the hell they want. So, yeah, how would it? Yeah, how would it change with this on you? Yeah, that's how it would change. The, the, well, but, but we the want thing, people the, deciding. Yes, yes. But maybe also no, because. Um, and again, this 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 is a conversation of symptoms and causes, right? Uh it is, it is a problem for sure that that we don't have enough sort of uh, personal say in in what happens, right? Um, but then, if we if we create a situation where everyone can make these decisions in real time, uh, wouldn't we still have the same other issues that we have right now? Only right now we have them every four years or in every state and city we have them whenever an election's going on, meaning like the ridiculous polarization, no one's checking their own facts. Uh, like the same, like I, I, I don't see, um, I don't see this system working, even though I think it's a good system. I don't think, I, I don't well, see that's it not what working we push, though. unless unless you fix all the things that come before that, like the like the education system and, and all these things that are but that's, causing... That's, that's what I'm trying to say is we don't push for everybody having, a, a, you know, the, the Bitcoin thing. I'm just saying that would be great. What we actually push for is a smaller government and less power to said government. So we believe in your local government should be where all the power lies. 
so that local communities can make the best decisions for themselves. We don't agree with the centralized policy that the United States has where somebody thousands of miles away from us who's never met us in Washington, they make the decisions for us. So the first step would be to remove that centralization and bring the power back to our states. The most important person in, in our government should be our governor, not the president of the United States. The president of the United States was not supposed to be the leader of the free world, as we like to call them. Um, you know, this isn't how it was set up to be, and we would like to bring it back to the way it was. But and then on top of that, if you if the decisions that are being made are kept locally, um, you have more of a say, you have more of an ability to change things, and people have more of an incentive. You live down the street from from the guy making the decisions and he's, you know, helping out his buddies and he's screwing over the people. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know, good luck being that guy and going to the supermarket or, you know, having his kids in school. All I'm saying is politicians have this great buffer. And if you look at Washington, D.C. right now, we even have the military in there and they have a fence around the Capitol. I mean, we have now pushed it to the point where our politicians are so scared of the public that they need the National Guard protecting them, as they should, because they, they are really screwing us over. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's bring the power back. And then the United States has a power to kill people on our behalf in countries around the world. And I know I keep harping on this, but it's so weird that we don't even talk about, we don't have this conversation. What exactly did the Afghan people do to us you know, the whole thing is, oh, they're harboring Osama bin Laden. Well, he's been dead for the longest time. And you know what? They actually weren't harboring him. They offered him up. We didn't take it because we were like, no, we're going to war with you. We decided to go to war, even though they were on our side and said, here, we know where he is. Come and get him. And we let him slip through to, to Pakistan and get away, where Pakistan also was offering him up to us. But we were like, no, we're going to do it our way because we're America. Yep. And that doesn't make us good neighbors to anyone around the world. Here in America, the people who are paying attention to this are like, what are we doing? Um, and most people don't even know. We don't talk about it. We are in seven wars. Our wars are supposed to be declared by Congress. We have seven unconstitutional wars. Not a single one of these have been declared by our Congress. So it's wrong on every level. And yet we can't do anything to change it. No matter how many places I go and I tell people, guys, this is wrong. Let's change it. Nothing happens. I don't have the power to make it happen. I don't I don't even know that the president of the United States has the power to make it happen. I don't know yeah. who could. When did this start? When did this whole uh, executive uh, executive power loophole start? Was the, did that start with Cheney, or was the was, did that was no? That this has been on before. It, it it escalates. I'm I don't know where it started, but I know that it's it's been ongoing. I mean, the last hundred years we've had executive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I don't I don't know the history of when they started. To be honest with you, um, but it just progressively gets worse. So you know, every president ups the last one. It's like, well, but the previous guy wrote three of them. So now this guy wrote 10 and the next guy. And then, you know, I think Donald Trump wrote, I don't know, like 40 and 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 Biden did 40 in his first week. So we are consistently upping it. And, and with Biden, he has control of the House and the Senate and he's the president. Surely he could if his ideas were so good, he could get them through, um, you know, he could get them passed. 
So I, why is he writing these? But because they're either they're not good or he can't get them passed. And in either case, we should be worried about this. We should be looking at this saying, hey, guys, that's a problem. But instead, we're like, he has to because that's how things are done. And people just excuse it. Uh, and, and that's really it's like we're in an abusive relationship where everybody around is like, but he's so good looking, you know, or whatever the, the excuse is. It's like, well, I, I, think, I would really I like Biden's to not get the shit beat out of me, yeah. really. You know, <laughs> I would really like that. It doesn't matter how good looking he is or whatever the excuse is. I, th- I think I think Biden's thinking years are, are, are well behind him. They're they're not they're not like I mean you you fucking listen to the guy speak even I was I was uh, I was watching that clip where he's giving giving the town hall about was asked asked the question about the China situation and the Uyghurs I I couldn't understand a fucking there there wasn't a coherent thought in that whole fucking thing and then uh, I think I think the New York and what was his point there was no fucking point. I, I couldn't find a point is this in point there. that maybe oh I'm, well maybe I'm the more China China yeah China has these people in concentration camps but that's how things are done in China and you know I'm not going to be the guy to tell the, you know China to do things differently I mean what was the point of that whole conversation I don't understand it and it, it it's frankly quite disgusting yeah we've got people in concentration camps period stop We're right literally there concentration camps. let's not excuse it yeah yeah and Disney did their whole movie right next door. And they're like, thank you to the Chinese government for, I mean, come on, where yeah, are, uh, well, Disney doesn't, where exa- are people, Disney doesn't exactly have very, uh, very humanitarian roots. No, they don't. And yeah. yet we love them. And we're like, of Disney, course. I grew up on of Disney. Course. Disney's wonderful. Even their messaging is kind of not kind of is fucked up. But today or, or historically, historically, look at their movies. Yeah, histor- historically for sure. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing now. They own fucking Marvel, so I'm. G- I guess I'm gonna have to get an account to watch all the new shit. But still, <laughs> um, man, you know, you know, you know what's happened now. We've been live for two hours, and you please, please let me know if you got if you got to run. But I can, I can. Keep I, I do have to run just because it's lunchtime, and I do have kids that I gotta no go problem. feed. And at some point, they're gonna they're gonna barge in here and be like. <laughs> yeah what the fuck feed this mom yeah uh, feed me mom okay uh, you know so h- how much more time do you have a few more minutes a few more minutes I mean, okay you know what i have a bunch sure. more questions for you but i let's think, go i think Rapid there's, fire. there's there's one that i want to there's there's one that i want to ask you that is gonna significantly underwhelm everyone watching but i'm personally interested uh do you meditate i do not you do well not. okay wait I do not meditate in the traditional sense. Every night I go outside and I sit down and I spark up my joint and I smoke it entirely while I think and, uh, you know, focus. So while it's not a meditation in the sense that we're used to, you know, it is a it is a yeah. form. It is my release. It's my glass of wine at the end of the night. It's how I Fair. I manage. Um, and I I do smoke every night and I started it for medical reasons. I'm a medical patient and I continue to do it because my mental sanity is, is also a condition. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Well, uh, yeah. Um, well let's, let's, uh, let's let you and the kids go, go have some food (laughs) and uh, thank you so (laughs) much for talking to me. And if, if, if you're not, if you're not entirely sick of me yet, I will reserve the right to harass you through email and ask you to appear on this podcast again at, at some point. Anytime you want. This was really fun. I mean, I don't think that I've I, sitting for two hours and having a conversation on a podcast is 
you know, it, this was so easy. The time just flew by. I think yeah. we could do like two more hours and and keep this going. So absolutely, it was really good. Want. And um, I and I I stopped being nervous like uh, almost two hours ago. I was I was yeah, like my, my butt crack was sweating before this. I was really <laughs> nervous because I just I just speak to I just speak to my friends and we're all kind of retarded, aren't we? So you know it's like, no, you're yeah. not. Oh, stop putting yourself down. First of all, at 27, I had three kids, so um, mm. you're putting yourself down and myself down. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think that but the you're much smart. Really worth- I'm willing to bet that you're much smarter now than you were when you were 27. I don't know, smarter. I think it's wiser. Maybe I've, I've seen more things than you have. I've lived more experiences maybe, but I don't, I don't consider myself like above average in any way, shape or form. I just, I like to ask questions and talk to people. I really like to talk to people and get their experiences. I was really excited to talk to you. I'm like, this is the first person from Latvia I've talked to. <laughs> um, you know, I think that's, that's awesome. I, um, last year, right before COVID, I was in Georgia and I would have never imagined how or... wonderful George. Yeah, the country. Um, my one of my best friends in the world works for the uh, president of Georgia. And okay. I went to visit him and I fell in love with Georgia. I just think that, you know, we only hear uh, things here in the United States. We don't really hear about foreign countries. And I've lived in Venezuela and I, I've traveled the world and I, I do love to travel and talking to people. My world has expanded. Yeah. So um you know, I Americans love, are next time. Can we have a conversation with your friends? Let's let's bring your friends in. I want <laughs> okay, to learn more about okay. Latvia. And, if, you know? if, if not that, I'll definitely collect some questions from them. Please, please do. And I think this is important uh, communication around the world. We're more equal or similar than we think. Yeah, I mean, ex- exchanging ideas is, I think, always a good thing. And doing so, if if you can, doing so without yelling at each other is even better. Uh, and I, I think, uh, you know, that's that's why we talk about, you know, like authenticity and all this stuff. And that's why I want you to curse. And when you go into this, I'm going to leave you with this. I'm going to let you go have dinner and everything. <laughs> but I'm going to leave you with this. I have, a, I have a legitimate advice. And again, I'm very careful about giving advice, but I have advice for every politician out there who wants to do some good. When they come to you, when they sit you down in a conference room with these media trainers, don't fucking listen to them. Because as someone- uh, We don't have that. We don't have that. I'm a libertarian. Point, we don't have a media trainer. We don't. Okay. See, see, this is the thing. I wanted it's to get, get some more me. questions, but we'll do that another time. Because I think I, think I don't it's, have I think a it's the handler training that fucks up the Republicans and the Democrats. And if the libertarians start Maybe. doing that as well, they're going to end up the same way, I think, because this is you not emailed a war me and you got me. Anymore. Sorry. Right. You emailed me and you got me. You didn't get That's some true. other person. I am yeah. the person handling my Twitter and my Facebook and my email. I mean, I don't know how more real you can now, get. <laughs> I don't have help. You know, I mean, for now, you're, sure. You're, you're. I, I'm sure you're ba- ma- making bank with the with the weed farms. I'm, I'm sure you can. I, I'm sure you could afford. Not yet. Like I'm, just starting, okay. that, I'm just starting it up. Okay. That would be I'm just starting it up, and it's not weed. It's hemp. Way. It's hemp. Hemp. Yeah. It's hemp. Please. Uh, <laughs> I. Same as you. I do not want to go to jail. I, I swear to God, it's Fair only enough. hemp. I do yeah. not grow weed. That's, okay. I That's public record. Thank I didn't. You. I didn't. I didn't release any sensitive information. No, okay, Martha. Thank and I just you. started it up. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast. Do you want to plug anything? Uh, do you got like any any sort of like a campaign website or something that you want to? It's coming along. I'm really far behind, and like I said, it is just me. So um, I'm not there yet. I just what's I coming just along the website. The website. Um, so mostly my Twitter. I'm at Martha Bueno eighteen on Twitter or Facebook Martha Bueno. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Instagram Martha from Miami. That's Okay. That's pretty much we, it. Uh, for for everyone for everyone listening, we have we have all these links in the description or, of wherever you're watching this. Uh, so yeah, Martha, thank you very <laughs> much. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna thank cut you. off the stream. Thank you for everyone watching. Love you lots.